Well, this week I was on Facebook, and thanks to the algorithms or maybe the, the Holy Spirit or maybe both, I saw this random picture of a trail in Bryce Canyon. Okay, now I've never been to Bryce Canyon. I have been to the Grand Canyon, and there's a similar trail there with these, these back and forth winding uh, switchbacks. But it struck me as incredibly appropriate. Uh, for our sermon series called Wandering and Wondering. I mean, this could be a picture symbolizing in many ways the life of faith, couldn't it? Like Our faith is a journey in following Jesus. It is certainly not linear or a straight line. In fact, it probably looks a lot more like this winding trail. And so this Lent, we um, have decided to explore the journey of faith by following with Jesus in the shoes of Simon Peter, by walking with Jesus in the shoes of Simon Peter. Peter's the most referenced of any of the disciples in in the Gospels. Um, His journey with Jesus looks like that trail in the picture, right? Winding, circuitous. Last Sunday, we figured out faith with Simon. We figured out faith with Simon Peter. We saw what Jesus can do with reluctant obedience and how important even a hesitant yes to Jesus can be. Today, we step into the boat again with Simon Peter, or maybe more appropriately, into the waves. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 14, verses 22 through 34. Listen for God's word. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then Jesus spoke to them, be encouraged, it's me, don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. When they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, have you ever been terrified at sea? battered by the waves or the wind, caught up in a storm. I've been caught up in a storm at the beach, but not while in the middle of the ocean. I remember 
an afternoon thunderstorm coming up rapidly when Lauren and I were on our honeymoon in Jamaica, and the wind and the rain were so strong that even though we were under a cabana, like people started getting under the tables and pulling the tablecloths down because of the wind and the rain and just getting pummeled by it. The waves were raging, the wind was blowing, and I remember thinking under that cabana, I'm glad I'm not out there. I've been battered by by waves uh, boogie boarding at the beach. There have been times when it felt like I would never get out past the breakers because they just kept pounding one after the other. And I was fighting against them plus the strength of the the wind-driven current of the sea. Have you ever been battered by waves or the wind caught up in a storm? My guess is that even if you haven't been caught up in the middle of an actual storm or been fighting against ocean waves, you have been in a storm before. Maybe many times. You have faced the the chaotic waves that, that life throws our way. You know what it is to be discouraged or afraid, to feel despair or grief that may come in wave after wave after relentless wave. What does faith look like in the middle of that? And where is Jesus? Our scripture passage today begins with Jesus telling his disciples to to get into the boat, to go to the other side of the sea of Galilee. Jesus had just performed an amazing miracle, feeding a multitude of people with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. Now he dismisses the crowd to go up on a mountain to pray by himself with his Father in heaven. Now the Sea of Galilee was about eight miles across from west to east, about 13 miles across from north to south. At its deepest point, it was about 141 feet deep. Archaeologists and scholars believe that most of the boats used on the Sea of Galilee in Jesus' day were about 25 feet long, 8 feet wide, could hold 12 to 15 people. And as we saw last week in another story about a boat on the same lake, Peter, Simon Peter, has experience on this body of water. This is where he grew up. This is where he fishes. And yet, this time would be unlike any experience before. While Jesus is praying on the top of the mountain, chaos erupts in the Sea of Galilee. The small boat faces a strong headwind that whips up all of a sudden. The waves begin to batter it. In the Greek, it actually says, fight against the boat. It's nighttime, and they're far from from shore. They probably had to put down the small sail in order to to save the mast, to keep the boat from, from capsizing. It's just the disciples with maybe some oars at this point being buffeted by the wind and the waves. They're struggling. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts coming toward them, walking on the lake. They don't know it's Him at first. Yet Jesus always comes to where we are, doesn't He? Even if it's chaos. The disciples see Him. They don't know it's Him at first. And they're completely terrified. Now, you have to understand a little bit of ancient cosmology here. For people in Jesus' day, the sea 
represented the forces of chaos. Think back to the creation story, right? When God creating out of nothing is described using the language of a primordial chaotic waters that God hovers over and brings forth light out of. So chaotic waters were a symbol for forces that threatened to undo God's created order. So when the disciples see someone walking on top of the chaotic waters, they're afraid because it could be some spirit unleashed by the forces of evil. So no wonder they cry out, it's a ghost! And they scream in terror. Jesus tells them not to be afraid. It is I, he says. Now this is where most people, including the rest of the disciples, would you know just stay in the boat, hunker down, maybe throw Jesus a life vest, maybe put on your own life vest, I mean, what kind of person would think it's a good idea to step out of the boat and into the raging sea? Oh, Simon Peter would, of course. And here we see part of what faith looks like. Faith is not just believing certain things. It's being willing to act on them. Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. On the water. And Peter waits for Jesus' response. And when Jesus says, Come, he steps out of the boat and begins to walk on the water, taking Jesus at his word and acting on it. Sometimes faith in the chaos and wave battered parts of our lives looks like stepping into the storm rather than turning away from it because we trust Jesus is to be found there. The disciples and even early readers of this text were not as much thinking, oh my goodness, look at Jesus defying the laws of gravity, as much as they were thinking, oh my goodness, Jesus is Lord over the forces of chaos that threaten to undo life. You mean God can be found even amidst Chaos, and, and Peter has the faith to step out of the boat and find Jesus there. By stepping out of the boat in faith, Peter gets the chance to recognize Jesus for who he is. Taking a step of faith in the middle of the chaos allowed Peter to discover a Jesus who was there in the middle of the chaos. Sometimes we're called to step out in faith even in the middle of of troubled waters too. Sometimes faith means taking a risk and stepping out in trust even when we don't know how things are going to go. As Pastor Ernest Campbell put it one time, the reason we may seem to lack faith in our time is because we're not doing anything that requires it. Sometimes Faith is about believing something so fully that you're willing to step out of the boat and take a risk. And yet, I wonder, I wonder as as powerful as it is that Simon Peter has the faith and the courage to step out of the boat, I wonder if the more powerful example of faith happens a little later. We all know what happens next. Peter 
walks on the water, but then he sees the raging sea, he feels the full effects of the wind and the flying spray, and, the, and, and becomes frightened. And he starts to sink. And if we're not careful, this is the part where it can be tempting to do like this. It can be tempting to say, well, you know, Peter just needed more faith. You know, if he hadn't doubted, he wouldn't have sunk. He would have succeeded if only for a little bit more faith. We're not succeeding because, well, apparently we don't have enough faith. We're sinking because we have too many doubts. We're sinking because we don't have enough faith. That's, you think about it, a rather unsettling and unhelpful conclusion in the midst of chaos. No, the the real meaning is found in what Peter does as he starts to sink. He cried out to Jesus for rescue. Lord, rescue me. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. This is Peter showing us that faith looks like crying out to Jesus and counting on Him for help and salvation. Faith isn't just stepping out to do something hard, but also and maybe more so, it's reaching out to Jesus for rescue. Back in college, I studied abroad in Spain for a semester uh, the, the students in the program stayed with a host family, and uh, my host lived in an apartment building way up high, twelfth uh, story, if my memory serves correctly. The building had an elevator. Literally, my very first time in this elevator, it all of a sudden stopped in between floors and got stuck. You can imagine the slight panic that ensued. Different country, different city, different building that I've never been in, never been stuck in an elevator before. So I tried the, the door open button, tried the door close button, started pushing all the, all the floors. Nothing. Finally, when I, when I realized that I was not going to be able to get out of this situation on my own, like I wasn't going to be able to get myself out of this, I reached out for help. I pushed the button that looks like the bell, the siren-looking button, and that bell started to ding. A couple seconds later, a voice came on and said, don't worry, I'll reset it in Spanish. It's like, now that I think about it, I'm like, that's, I hope that's comforting. I don't know what happens when it resets, but... um, But it was good uh, because a couple of moments later, the elevator ding and began to move again, and I arrived safely on the 12th floor. But ultimately, it was falling back on my faith and trust in the elevator safety system and arriving at the end of myself that prompted me to, to reach out for help. How much more so with our faith and trust in Jesus, friends. That's exactly what Simon does. His trust in Jesus and the arrival at the end of himself compels him to to reach out to Jesus in faith for help and rescue. It turns out faith is not just doing hard things because you trust Jesus, but crying out for help when you're floundering in the midst of hard things because you trust Jesus. Faith is not just doing hard things because you trust Jesus, 
but crying out for help when you're floundering in the midst of hard things because you trust Jesus. Because all of us know what it feels like to be thrown off balance, to feel like we're sinking in the chaos like Peter. We know all about Peter's Lord save me moment. We have them all the time, those moments where we feel like we're in over our heads, we've bitten off more than we can chew. Maybe it looks like doubt. Maybe it's unexpected change, a too busy season of life, devastating grief, distance from God. We can and we should empathize with and emulate the faith, the desperate faith of Simon Peter. We cannot save ourselves from drowning in chaos and despair and fear and grief and doubt. It takes faith and trust to reach out to Jesus for rescue. And in the the wandering and wandering journey of faith, maybe the most faithful thing that we can say when we feel battered by the waves or when we feel like we're off track is, Jesus, help me. Because Jesus is there and Jesus is ready and willing. And Peter discovered that. Jesus immediately, we're told, reached out his hand and grabbed hold of Peter. A faith willing to call out to Jesus for saving is a faith that experiences Jesus as Savior. In life-saving training, they trained you to grip wrist to wrist. It's called the rescue hold. And it's the surest grip because if one person loses their grip, the other person still is able to hold on. And of course, grip together, it's, it's double strong. It's a strong position. I don't know. I picture Jesus holding up Peter this way. Grabbing and holding Peter this way as Peter regains his footing. That Even if Peter were to lose his grip, Jesus would not lose his. That's how it is with us too. That's how it is with us too. When we cry out in desperate faith to Jesus, He assumes a rescue grip of us. And He is ready to grab our wrists so that even if we let go, He will not. He won't. As Jesus grabs hold of Simon Peter in his desperate faith, Luke tells us that Jesus says, You man of little faith, why? Why did you begin to doubt? I cannot imagine Jesus to be lambasting Peter in the midst of an already stressful and chaotic situation. I wonder instead if there is great promise and possibility in those words. It reminds me of teaching my boys to ride a bike. They did not do training wheels, and so I was kind of their de facto training wheels so I would hold them gently on their, on their shoulder and their back to provide stability while they learned. And, and there, were, there would come a point when they were getting uh, really close to riding on their own where I, would, where I would take my hand off of their shoulder, their back, while continuing to, to run, speed walk by, behind them, beside them, ready to steady them, catch them if I needed to. And without fail, whenever we moved to that stage where I was taking my hand off, ready for them to go on their own. They would feel my hand come off. They would start to panic. They would get wobbly, or they would mash the brake and stop. And I would feel for them in my heart, knowing their fear and knowing their apprehension, 
but also knowing if they just trusted me, they just trusted me, they were on the cusp of something amazing. Boys, you got to trust me. Why did you doubt that I was here? I'm right here. Why did you doubt that I was not going to catch you? You have to trust me. That's Jesus with Peter and us, I think. He knows we're going to have doubts and wonder. He also knows the potential that is there when we exercise that little faith that he says elsewhere has the power to move mountains. So, have you ever been terrified at sea? Have you ever been battered by the waves or the wind caught up in a storm? Maybe you are right now. I mean, Peter was. And his faith shows us that Jesus was and is there too. Simon's faith and doubt-filled interaction with Jesus on the chaotic sea shows us that calm waters are not the only proof of God's powerful presence. Simon teaches us that faith is, is about believing something so fully that you're willing to step out of the boat and take a risk and being so humbly dependent on Jesus that you don't hesitate to reach out cry out for rescue and salvation. In the midst of the the storm, in the midst of the waves and the wind, is there wandering and wondering? Absolutely. Of course. And with a little faith in the one who is present in the chaos, There just might also be cries going out like the disciples who say, you are God's son.